and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic is NORAD tracking UFOs. That's correct, is NORAD tracking UFOs. Now this comes from a website called uh, silvarecord.com, and it just came out today, September 20th. I thought the article was pretty good, actually. It says, are satellites tracking UFOs? And then it has, uh, has a couple good pictures here of how they, uh, what they think the command center looks like in NORAD, where they could actually be doing this UFO tracking. Uh, our tracking capabilities have come so far in the last 10 or 20 years, especially uh, with uh, satellite imaging and also with all the computer animation. Now it says, it begins by saying, are satellites and other instruments tracking UFOs? Are UFO tracking satellites, rockets, and other things launched from Earth? And are UFOs disabling satellites? It goes on, it says, UFOs being tracked by satellites and other instruments have been a long-time focus of UFO lore and stories. Satellites and instruments tracking UFOs are an obvious go-to due to their link with space. This topic reminds me of UFO crash lore. Not only has it hung around the rumor mill, basically as long as the word UFO has appeared in public psyche, but now there is a modern-day reemergence of the subject lending credibility to it. Without unclassified hard proof in my hands, all I can do is listen to experts and sources whom I think highly of. Like UFO crash stories and claims of recovered debris, the chatter tips and even on the record comments about satellites allegedly tracking UAP are coming from all places and groups, and they are not ceasing. Well, it seems pretty likely to me that if the U.S. government, or for that matter, the, so the Russian government or the Chinese government, had the capacity to track UFOs, they would certainly do it. And honestly, we already know that the uh, NASA or whoever is tracking space junk. I just saw yesterday, I think it was what, like over a million pieces of space junk? Maybe it was 11 million. It's, just, it was, it's in the millions of pieces of space junk floating around the Earth. And they're tracking all of this stuff. So if they're tracking space junk, well then they've got to be tracking UFOs just by default. Now, whether they refer to them as drones in their emails or not, that's up for debate. But I don't think that there's any question about whether or not the U.S. government is tracking UFOs. It goes on, it says, um, when multiple people and groups who have nothing to do with each other, and sometimes don't even appeal to each other, are saying the same thing, I take notice. Multiple people and groups saying similar things about satellites and instruments tracking UAP is definitely occurring. There are various satellite and instruments that allegedly have picked up odd things. However, one of the main subjects focused on are SBIRs, or the Space-Based Infrared System. To the Stars Academy's Chris Mellon wrote possibly the best summary on the subject in the article. Now, I've got a link uh, to the article that I'm referencing here. I've, you can go there and you can link to uh, Christopher Mellon's article. We've talked about him in the past. He's a associate of Tom DeLonge's To the Stars Academy, uh, old school, uh, long-time Defense Department employee, uh, been around the intelligence community for a long time. Family goes back to the to the uh, Mellon Banking family. So I, I do consider him to be a serious individual, and 
Uh, while his stance on UFOs is a little hawkish, could be that he has a reason for it to be that way. Now it goes on here and it quotes Mellon as saying, Although UAPs generally seem to lack exhaust plumes or strong heat signatures, there are numerous reports in the open source literature claiming that the SBIR's system has recorded unidentified objects that entered Earth's atmosphere, but unlike meteors, then maneuvered or changed direction. Regardless of the veracity of such reports, algorithmic searches of vast SBR's databases could provide new insights into the UAP phenomena. Let me stop right there. I, I have a feeling that somewhere in the bowels of the Defense Department, uh, when they're not, when they're not uh, busy trashing Trump, that they're uh, applying AI programs to these huge uh, data mine sets. And they probably have already uh, sorted through a lot of this stuff and found many, many anom anomalies, what we would call UFOs. So I can't imagine that, you know, all these thousands and thousands of hours of uh, radar that's being, uh, pictures basically being taken of near space, have not at some level been analyzed by the Defense Department. You know, remember what happened when... Uh, the Navy first came out and admitted that uh, the three cockpit videos that uh, that uh, DeLong and company uh, posted online were real. They didn't come out and talk about, wow, how did these guys get those things? They didn't talk about the security uh, questions that might arise from these videos being released on YouTube without a chain of custody. They didn't talk about uh, specifically, you know, who got the videos. None of that. They did come out more or less and say that they had other slides, pictures of these UFOs, but they couldn't release them because it would be a national security threat. Well, we know, I think what's going on here is that the other pictures that they have, the quality is so good that they were afraid that people might freak out over it. If they're taking pictures of these things, that tells me that they are uh, actively tracking these UFOs. They are actively photographing them, gathering evidence. So knowing that we have all of these uh, all these radar installations all over the world, uh, apparently now in space, we have a 3D picture of the Earth and near space. That's pretty clear. We have a 3D picture of Earth and the near space. I mean, it's going to be something that makes Google Maps look like a crayon drawing. Now, if our intelligence community has access to all of this data, and we know that they have, they have the AI intelligence and the computer programming to sort through it and make sense of it, we know, we, I mean, that's just, I think, beyond dispute at this point, that they're advanced enough to do that. I believe that uh, the, the DOD, the CIA, whoever, has access to this real-time, full-time, 3D picture of uh, the planet Earth and the near space around it. And if they do, then that means that the, if you've seen a UFO appear, then it's probably appeared on their radar. That is, if it's anything that um, it's physical in any way. So my belief is, is they have a lot bigger picture than what they're letting us know. Now, Mellon seems to, he seems to have an idea that this is the case. He probably does know it's the case. I'm sure he does. I mean, spending years working in the deep state. And he seems driven uh, repeatedly to 
call these things out as threats. It says, and that's concerned me. I mean, so Tom DeLong has recently told us that he was uh, shown uh, UFO evidence that was so disturbing to him that he couldn't sleep for three days. And it just sounds like it was something really terrible that he saw. And in spite of that, he thinks that something wonderful is going to come out of it all. I don't know how. Now, this Mellon guy comes out. He's an associate of Tom's, also a long-term uh, intelligence uh, DOD employee. And he's saying, hey, we need to track these things, and they are a threat. So I, they've got my attention. Now, it says, regardless of the veracity of such reports... Algorithmic searches of vast SBR's databases could provide new insights into the UAP phenomena. And Mellon goes on here. He says, to cite a simple example, no effort has been made to date to even see if there are correlations between launches of Chinese or Russian military facilities or from Russian or Chinese ships and a subsequent appearance of UAPs over U.S. shores. You know, I wonder if that's actually true. So basically... Mellon's just saying, well, you know, we saw these UFOs and nobody bothered to check and see if it was the Chinese or the Russians. Well, that's important because that's the first thing they say is, like, well, if it's not a kid with a drone, then it's got to be a Russian or a Chinese hiding behind the bush somewhere. Now, you know, the Chinese, I suppose, are suspect. They've got enough spies in this country. If they had some way of bringing a, bringing a uh, UAP UFO here, I suppose they would do it. But realistically, we know that's not the case. It can't be the case because these things are moving in ways that human-made objects can't move. It says, why would tracking UFOs be important? Similar to Louis Elizondo and Hal Puttoff's letters to the Chief Justice of India, Colonel John Alexander makes the point that misidentified UFOs could seemingly trigger military action. In his book, UFOs, Myths, Conspiracies, and Realities, he says... The advent of the strategic, the strategic Defense Initiative, or SDI, brought new requirements. Specifically, if we were going to start a war with space-based sensors, it was imperative that it would not be because of a misidentified UFO. As decision and response times decreased, it would be essential that the command and control systems have accurate information regarding objects coming at the United States our concern was that an uncorrelated target, meaning a UFO, might trigger a response based on erroneous data. In short, could a UFO accidentally set off the next world war? Well, more correctly, would the reaction of trigger-happy space warriors set off the next world war? That's the real question. It's kind of like the COVID thing. They blame COVID for everything. It's not the COVID. It's the overreaction and pandemic of fear that has caused this economic meltdown and the deaths of countless thousands for no good reason. The same thing with the UFO. Instead of taking this thing in the simplest terms is that it's an unidentified object or phenomena, they're willing to go to war for it. Much the same way that Hillary was ready to start a nuclear war, she claimed she had the right to if the Russians stole her emails. Well, one of our fighter pilots, pilots feeling threatened by a UFO is not a good enough reason 
to start igniting hydrogen bombs. And you have to think, how close could we be to that if the military is more and more leaving it up to artificial intelligence to do the fighting? It goes on, it says, However long the odds, it seemed that having knowledge of everything might be flying in critical airspace would be prudent. Well, okay, that makes an assumption that it's flying in critical airspace. Could it be that it just appears to be flying? I mean, if we, we need to sort these things out, we need to sort the objects from the phenomena. We need to sort the ships from the ghost. And sometimes maybe the ships look like ghosts and vice versa. So right here they're treating, they are approaching this whole UFO thing with, with the most primitive human tendencies imaginable. Everything's a weapon. They've come here to take our women and our food. Instead of trying to think at a higher level, it's a little scary to me that all of these all of these former DOD types are ready to pull the trigger before they know what they're pulling the trigger at. It's as if you were on a camping trip and uh, a big grizzly bear was sniffing around uh, the fire where you just made hamburgers at. If the only thing in your arsenal is a 22 caliber pistol, you might want to just wait it out and see if the grizzly bear walks away before you pick a fight with him. It's kind of like this situation. We, it's at the point where there's so many UFO sightings that we, they can no longer be denied. And now, uh, all of the Defense Department type are, are beginning to see them as a threat. You know the old saying, if your only tool is a hammer, then everything's a nail. You got that? If your only tool is a hammer, then everything is a nail. With these guys, if your only tool is a, a nuclear warhead, then everything's a threat. It almost seems like we may have the wrong people trying to craft a solution to what they see as the problem of UFOs. I think it would be a lot safer to just look at these things more like weather phenomena than to look at these things as invaders from another planet. It goes on. It says, "What I knew from what I knew, knew from other sources was that, was that unidentified objects were spotted periodically. In fact, years before that, when an Inspector General study at Fort Carson, Colorado, I took the time to visit. Took I took the time to visit to NORAD. While there, I decided to take a chance and probe a bit. A young lieutenant was giving the unclassified public briefing." And ask questions and ask for questions. I ask, quote, do you ever track objects that accelerate very quickly or make extremely sharp turns? Without blinking, he responded, You mean UFOs? Yes. He declined to comment any further. In fact, another US Air Force officer who later participated in the ATP had provided me with unclassified data indicating that uncorrelated objects were spotted probably once or twice a month. Then it goes on, it says, the Air Force has had a space surveillance system in place for some time prior to SDI that catalogs 
9,000 objects in space every day, and it had 20,000 objects in space catalogs that are tracked on a monthly basis. Okay, well, that's not a million, but I think there still are far more than 20,000 pieces of space junk uh, in near space. The system tracks objects down to 30 centimeters in size by both optical tracking and tracking with a large radar fence. The major purpose of the system is to detect objects in space that don't belong there. In addition, there are many multi-wavelength satellites from gamma ray to X-ray to ultraviolet to visible IR, microwave HF, and low frequency that observe the Earth 24-7 on a continuous basis, both DOD and spy satellites. These were all operational before 1970. I did write you a paper on this dated August 1995. It is hard to understand how any object in near-Earth space would not be detected by the U.S. Space Surveillance System or the dozens of DOD, IC, NASA, Landsat, and scientific satellites that have been, operation, that have been in operation for some time, all of which are designed to see down to meter to tens of centimeter size objects. Wow. So basically, Mellon's coming out here and saying, listen, you guys have got all this technology. You have every bit of capacity to be tracking these things. Why aren't you doing it? Well, I guess maybe I give them too much credit. I would have thought they would have, but maybe maybe the people that operate these satellite and, and uh, radar systems have the same attitude as the FAA. You know, Remember when the drones were found swarming over the Palo, Palo Verde nuclear power plant and they called them up and they're like, well, this is third shift, don't bother us. Third shift is for sleeping, not for explaining swarms of what you think might be drones. And I wonder what, that's not what's going on here. Maybe we have all, all of these satellite installations and NORAD installations and radar installations you know what? Maybe people are just drawing a $150,000 a year paycheck and are asleep at the wheel. I suppose that is what I should expect from my government. Gazana says, one of the things I found that's interesting is NORAD's terminology for airborne unknowns and even the finer details of the detection and tracking of such unknowns. I found a unity history of the 11th Tactical Control Squadron which was tasked with airspace management and air defense in Alaska in the 1980s. The squadron was assigned to the NORAD Alaska region for the 11th Air Force. Anyway, it's a massive unit history publication from 1986. We've obtained a few of these before, but this one is the best of all of them. It's got three pages of what we call unknown track report summaries. So basically, it's like a spreadsheet. It's old. It's quite hard to read. Down the columns are things like the date, time, detection site, detection method, location, whatever, for all unknown objects over a nine-month period. The detections are called unknown tracks. Those are objects that appear on the radar screens to the airspace controllers. Anyway, unknown tracks can end up designated as NORAD remaining unknowns. These are simply unknown tracks that have lasted longer than 240 seconds without being identified. This only happens if the object doesn't safely land or radio communicate or call in a mayday or whatever. That's basically when it's declared a NORAD remaining unknown track. They rarely get solved, too. So every few days or every week, maybe, in Alaska in 1986, there were unknown tracks appearing. And some of them turned into NORAD remaining unknowns. Many, many were unidentified. 
On the sheet I've got, they've got the codes USSR, Friendly Track, Canadian Military, etc. But many NORAD unknown tracks and NORAD remaining unknown were never solved. What's really interesting is this. One of the columns essentially says, how detected. Each track will say something like ADX, which is weather, which is weather radar, or TWS, which is track while scan radar, or whatever I think there is. Another column, or certainly part of that column, was column that says, confirmed how. Anyway, one of the codes is IR, which normally means infrared, so... What that tells us is in Alaska, NORAD is trying to identify an unknown track, or they have watched an unknown track for a while, which they can't seem to solve. In, I think, two cases, they were getting verification from an IR source, and that to me is either infrared sensors on the ground, which we know nothing about. There is nothing in the literature of the U.S. Air Force or Canadian Air Force Navy or whatever, having infrared sensors for atmospheric detection of planes or missiles or whatever, or it was an IR confirmation from the old DSP satellites. So in other words, if this is correct, NORAD would pick up an unknown track, then presumably they would immediately flash Falcon, later Shriver, Air Force Base in Colorado, which is where the DSP systems were run from, at the 50th Space Wing. And I guess the DSP satellite would be looking down at the region and detecting an IR where the unknown track, missile, UFO, whatever it was, is, it is possible. On the other, on the balance of probability, I would say that the older DSP satellites and certainly the newer SRV satellites did and do pick up things that they shouldn't. We know a lot about all of this. It's getting, it's getting it's all published. That's what, that, that is a problem. Well, you're probably not going to get it published. It goes on here, it says, sufficient systems and equipment exist to positively identify every UFO sighted anywhere in the world if a way could be found to apply available technology. Well, I don't think that our government's ever going to do that because it's too easy. It's too easy to just play this thing out however they want. Once they start tracking the UFOs, and sharing that information with the public. I think that's going to... That could be some sort of a defense issue because it's going to show you know, you know the Russians, the Chinese, whoever, uh, what your tracking capabilities are. They might be able to figure certain things out by process of elimination. I think what we can take from all of this is that the U.S. has been tracking this these UFOs at least since 1980s, the early 80s, maybe 1970s. The question is, what are they doing with the information? And are we ever going to get our hands on it? Probably not. I think the only thing that we can draw from this is that it's just this is just another uh, this is this is just an, an, another thing that tells us that our government has known for 40 or 50 years at least that UFOs are real that they consider them to be some sort of threat because they've been tracking them, and that the whole time that we've been questioning them about this subject, they've been denying it. So while we have been looking for disclosure, they have been engaging in deception, and I see no reason for them to, to change their tune on that.
I have links to all these articles. They're kind of in-depth. They get a little bit wordy. But I have them all on the site, ufowarning.com. I recommend that you go there. And I've also got some uh, videos posted. I found a video review of the Bob Lazar documentary. Uh, it's a little bit critical, but I found it interesting. You can take a look at it. There's some weird stuff that came up about that whole situation. And um, I found some other cool posts on there. You know, there's been some sightings around. I posted links to those. So if you get a chance, stop by the site, ufowarning.com. And you can also listen to the podcast there. Until next time, this is UFO Warning over now. out.